Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another Positivity Hack delivered. This time with me, Beata Young, we welcome Amy Gering and Misha, Michelle Jalanze. So just to get us started, let's start with our first speaker and um, uh, then we'll move on to the visual artist who is going to deliver us beautiful art today as we speak. Amy Gelling, she's um, the expert in the field of visual thinking. She comes from USA, currently stranded in... Morocco. Morocco, yeah. enjoying yeah. martial arts, uh, martial arts, not really martial arts, what I want to say. <laughs> So we are all enjoying our lockdown moments and we want to bring some positivity. Thank you very much for joining us today. So Thank you for having me. Thank you, Amy. Amy, you started your journey with visual thinking some time ago and um, it turned out to be a successful story for you. And um, I just to give a little bit of background because I think not everybody realizes and, and that's a little story. Um, a NASA engineer decided to see how much uh, creative we are and when we are born. And it turned out that about 95% where kids are born and he looked through the process of growing up and kids who were born creative, there were about 95% creativity level, they turned out to go down on creativity. About 3% of the whole um, research group turned out to be creative. So is it school that kills creativity or is it work that kills creativity? We'll try to answer these questions. Meanwhile, let's move on to our beautiful artist who's uh, speaking from her little layer somewhere in, is it Gargur today, Michelle, in Malta? Yes, in, in Gargur, which is a very small village in Malta. But very picturesque. I uh, highly encourage you to visit it. And Michelle is a fine artist, but she's uh, holding many traits. So Michelle recently had her exhibition at the Royal Art Academy. And uh, I was uh, pleased to um, visit her exhibition in uh, the silent city of Mdina. I think there is many more silent cities nowadays in Malta. I'm speaking from one at the moment. I'm speaking from Valletta. And Misha, could you tell us a little bit about uh, what you're planning to do today? Thank you, Beata, for this. This is a great fun. I'm looking forward to doing it. Uh, I'm going to doodle. I'm going to just doodle while Amy takes us through her journey. And I'm really looking forward to hearing what Amy is saying. Um, I hope I won't get too distracted and forget what my job is here today. Um, but yeah, I'm just going to scribble away while Amy talks. Excellent. Excellent. Fabulous news. Thank you so much, Misha. So we'll let you work in the background while Amy is going to tell us what really is the creative process? What is the visual thinking definition? Yeah, um, so I also actually went to art school um, and graduated with a fine art degree and majored in graphic design. And while I was doing that, I learned a lot about a lot of types of design, but I never really approached or understood that what I was doing was solving problems through an actual process of visual thinking. And so visual thinking can be considered um, an effective communication tool to improve efficiency and consistency in businesses, but also just general problem solving. And so if you think about it, we all do some form of visual thinking. Every time we walk into a room, we start to make uh, absorb the information around us and to make decisions about what the visuals around us mean. And we decide what relationships they have to us. And visual thinking is just taking that and applying it to business concepts or ideologies or um, processes as well. Great. Yeah. So what, what are the benefits of using visual thinking? Yeah, so 
information can get complex really fast, especially where we are at with um, internet and always having access to information. And visual thinking can actually simplify that complexity in a way so that you can explain what it is you're learning or what you're teaching or your problem in a way that answers the traditional questions that we have, who, what, when, why, how, or how much. Um, it can be applied to data and it can also be applied to those concepts or processes I talked about. But it increases, it allows us to increase comprehension. Um, it gives our uh, messages a little more stickiness where people can remember the visual. Um, and it can even, the visuals can allow you to create more emotional connection to your information. Mm. And it allows for people to learn a little more easily. So um, one example I have is to help people understand why it's beneficial is that it's a way of objectifying information. And if you and a friend were um, not in quarantine and you were going for a ride in a car somewhere, you could probably argue about how far you are from your destination if you had no map. But as soon as you have a map, it objectively tells you where you are in relation to where you want to go. And so the visual is actually helping you objectify and create a baseline of common understanding. And so if you about it and you apply that to business can allow the business to get on the same baseline of understanding. So more effective decision-making can happen um, mm. or just you make sure that everyone has a universal understanding. So. Excellent. So I, I would compare it to maybe like, a, you know, kind of brace, brainstorming session. So when you've got a brainstorming session yeah. and uh, it's like a, kind of a, a cooking popcorn, right? Popcorn goes everywhere if you don't put a lid on top, whereas with visual thinking, you've got tools to put a lid on top and, and kind of structure it and, and have more coherent uh, outcome. Would that work? Yeah, that's, that's a really good, yeah, that's a really good example. It, it sort of puts boundaries on the information you're trying to process and so the boundaries allow you to understand uh, more clearly and like that's like that lid on the pot that you're talking about. Excellent. So how exactly uh, does um, visual thinking apply uh, to, to the pros business process and startups? Yeah, and so I think people in IT, um, they're already using visual thinking in a way even if they're not sure that they are. So if you think about a Gantt chart or a user experience journey map, um, or even like if you get very into business model process notation, those are all forms of visual thinking. Mm -hmm. And um, so we're, we're aware of those already. And so what I been working to do is like to identify more ways that visual thinking can actually bridge knowledge gaps and mm -hmm. it allows for you to simplify information so I've seen it have both benefit internally and externally um, mm -hmm. so internally internally it allows for people to create, like I said, that baseline of understanding, but it allows leadership to improve consistency and efficiency internally by um, helping with recruitment. I've seen people use uh, their uh, visual thinking for uh, explaining their process and finding people who align with that process. And it, I've also seen them use it for training. Um, then this external, you can also use it to attract customers or convert them into customers mm. because you, if they understand what you are doing, um, or if that, like, if your message is a little, like we said, like had that sticky factor where they are remembering the visual, the awe, it increases your brand awareness. So like some very tangible ways, um, I've also used it to help link business models visually. So 
like taking a 17 page business plan and turning it into something visual that shows exactly how the business will operate in the marketplace and where there's technical information flowing from different parties and where the revenue streams are coming through. So it can really uh, be useful in business um, with some practice. So uh, let me just, uh, kind of start from the beginning. So how do I start? So I want to do visual thinking and uh, what do I do apart from taking a pen? Yeah, um, let me actually share my screen. I think that of course visual thinking can be understand a bit better with uh, all right, entire screen. Mm -hmm. Fabulous. Okay. okay. So Here we are. If I was starting, yes, if I was starting a, um, a visual thinking model or a visual, first I would look at um, getting the, the growth designer, the data part of me wants to look at what information I have. Um, mm -hmm. And if it's a data visual, of course, we have maybe spreadsheets or things like that. But if it's a conceptual model, you still have information and inputs. And yes. so you want to gather all your information and just say, like, what does this look like? And what relationship does it have to each other? And then the second part is the function. And what do you need to do? How do you need to um, like, what does the visual need to accomplish? So mm -hmm. I found this this strategy or this state is very important to sort of define where you're going to go. Is it a process? Is it, uh, like I said, part to a whole? So like if it's um, one something. Um, so that, that part uh, is very key to set up at the beginning. And then the next thing is to establish uh, what I call the coordinates. Like if you were a data processor, you know the coordinates, the X and Y coordinates. But here I am replacing them with the questions that we've all learned for problem solving. Who, where, when, how, why, and how much. And those can become uh, like a grid for you to figure out how to um, show your information. So here's an example of how this is used in data, uh, the how much and the who and the what, um, or when, when, if it's a, a timeline or a process, uh, getting a, a, few, a few more elements with more complex data, you might have a where and a how much, a who and a what, Mm -hmm. um, you can start to add layers like that. And this next one is uh, very simple, and I'll have some examples if we want to look at them later, of how you can use this process for um, visual thinking process to outline what your process is and how you can accomplish a goal. And so the this last one is how is it happening? why, what is what is the correlation of going through this process and what is being accomplished by your business? And then of course the when, like how much time, what is your timeline? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I get started. Mm -hmm. um, of, course, <laughs> of course, there's very, also very tangible things like uh, I always start with a wireframe. Um, mm -hmm. This will need to sort of think about what are the pieces and elements that are important. This Mm -hmm. earlier. Um, it's creativity and it is a setting up. So the wireframe allows me to take my user experience skills and mm -hmm. use UI skills to take that process into the visual thinking model and set up um, the, the story that I want to tell. And I'm, when I'm doing that, I'm thinking about uh, are there any gaps that the audience has? So like, are there like gaps in knowledge? Um, are there, is there a communication gap that we have to move over? Is there sort of a motivation gap to pay attention? So you wanna address all of those things in your visuals. Um, a whole nother process for uh, timeline and process visuals as well. So uh, if somebody, if I spoke to an average entrepreneur and I was maybe not walking on the street, but uh, speaking to him on LinkedIn and I told him, you know, you've got to use visual thinking because people now, there is so much data around us, 
we don't have time to read. So you need to use visual thinking. And he says, oh, it's too much. I already have got this tool, that tool, and I've got, you know, all the social media and so on. How to make this process less labor intensive? Is there a way to make it less labor intensive? Because you don't need some devices. You don't need some funky new program for it, do you? <laughs> no, you don't, you don't have to. Um... Of course, if you already have social media, you're probably already using a design tool of sort to make your visuals. Um, and you don't, really, you don't need to be an advanced, like, graphic designer in order to use visual thinking for your business. If you can draw simple shapes, um, and which you can in uh, uh, slide deck presentation software or things like Canva, um, a few information design like accounts, but whatever you're using for what other like design purposes you have for your business, you can just use that to draw. It's more about the relationship of the elements on the page than it is about the tech, like the technical execution. I mean, and I'm saying that as a designer. So um, a lot, a lot of my end results, uh, they're very simple. Um, and it's more about like how they relate to one another and, how, and most of what I do usually ends up in a slide deck or a presentation. So it has to be fairly simple so people can sort of bring in the elements one at a time. And so if you can just do those shapes, it's more about the, that's why we include the word thinking in it. It's more about the mindset and it is mm. about the, the tools and the labor intensive pieces of it to be effective. Excellent. So guys, bear with us. Don't go to doodle yet. Don't go to your, your whiteboards and or whatever tools you have at your disposal and use your imagination. And before you do that, just remember that, uh, you know, um, famous painter Claude Monet was colorblind. So everybody's born creative and everybody can be creative. So we and we are in Malta, the country of so many churches that, you know, I was really confused when I asked for direction and the woman said, oh, it's next to this church. And I didn't know even <laughs> which church she meant because there were like three churches on the square. So, and, and as we know, religion uses lots of visuals, right? They use lots of symbols. So we already know it applies in our daily life. We use emoticons so much, right? So everybody yeah. can be creative. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think that it's more about creating an awareness of things that you're already doing and and taking that and empowering it into your business, your business communication. And so, like I started at the beginning, a lot of it is about looking around you and then deciding which information is important to see and understand and to call out and what is the most important way or most important thing to communicate about the information you're trying to present? And our brains are doing that automatically all the time as we're walking around our day. <laughs> and, mm -hmm. so, and so it's more of harnessing something you're already doing, just fine tuning it and practicing it. So in other words, it's a lot of imagination using your imaginative power, right? Yeah, absolutely. It can be a big part of your imagination. I always thought is noticing what's around you and making new connections with that. And mm. so um, I think there was, oh, forgive me, there's there's the like philosophy of copy, combine, and transform to create innovative mm. solutions. And mm -hmm. so a lot of that is taking what resources you already have in front of you and figuring out new ways to connect it. And that also applies to visual thinking. Mm, exactly. So um, just to, to get down on the track, back to the track. So visual thinking, how do you use this? Uh, uh, what would be the, the basic tips uh, of visual thinking? And how do you use this processing data visuals? Yeah, so um, I part of part of my career I spend in entrepreneurship 
and uh, visual thinking. But another part of my career, I actually do growth design, which a lot of design is based on using data to make decisions and then taking that data and explaining it to other people to see how you're meeting your goals. And so I've taken this and started to apply it to data as well. And as you can see from what we already talked about, about identifying what information you have and what function it needs to serve. Uh, if you start to look at your data visuals in the same way, you can start to tell a very compelling story for um, what you want to accomplish. And so like depending on what your laser focus goal is will depend on how you interpret your data. And um, data is useless unless we're drawing insights from it. And, and so this is one way that you can take this process and look at your data and say like, what information do I have? How is it related to one another identifying the type of input you have? And then what do I need it to do? What do I need it to, to say um, in order to tell my story and, or in order to find insights from it? Mm. So, so in other words, so uh, basic tools, which I think apply as well is, uh, be creative, but also uh, make sure that you use symbols. So, for example, uh, I don't know, what what would be the basic symbols or, or tools that you could use? Just yeah, to, to so, keep a little bit of... Yeah, um, so I think some of the basic symbols are, um, first of all, color, of course. So <laughs> the way you color... Um, it says a lot to us before we even know it, what it's saying. And the biggest thing here is to know things like um, basic color signs, uh, which is helpful in any part of your life about like how warm colors, they tend to advance. So that's like your reds, oranges, those, they advance toward the eye, they'll call attention. Um, mm. So this is why red is used for like alarm or to be dominant, like that's why it's the stop sign is because scientifically it's advancing in our brain so it's creating creating attention to it and it's the same as um yellow is alert alertness you see a lot of like alert signs in yellow um mm. Mm. but you can only do it to create sort of a state of mental alertness and then on mm. the opposite side cool cool colors proceed so if you're trying to create a calming presence like mm. blue is often used for that. Um, yes. You'll notice a lot a lot of banks or those types of things use blue um, or healthcare or banks and sort of things. A lot of times they use blue because it has that calming, like trust, trusting feel. Um, and green is fresh uh, mm. and, and new. <laughs> mm. uh, but mm. some, something, something we do have to be aware of is there, like cause different cultural contexts in every country. Mm. Um, yeah. So you have to watch out for your like your biases, like how you yeah. think color is, and if you're presenting something maybe somewhere else where color is used in a different way. Um, with the internet, we're becoming more and more of a global economy, yeah. and so being aware of that is really important. And um, I don't know how many. I think even like a like simple give to give a simple example. Explosion is excitement, right? Uh, or yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. The distance can be uh, shown as well uh, through visuals. And uh, we've got a question today from Olga, who joined us again. And thank you very much, uh, very much, uh, uh, everybody, for welcoming us. Um, uh, and it's a great question from Olga. What are some examples of visuals you have done in business, Amy? Yeah, let me share. Um, I have a have a few that I am allowed to share. Not all of them always, if they're for internal mm -hmm. company use. Good. Excellent. But I have a few. Um, uh -huh. Going back to your other question, maybe this is what you're looking for, yeah. but these are some common visual cues we can use uh, mm -hmm. to create relationships. To different objects but let me mm -hmm. go go forward a little bit so okay. um yeah. i understand i understand mm -hmm. yeah i understand this is an entrepreneurship group so i thought i would start with this one um this is a model i created for someone in the u.s who does um like economic analysis and how entrepreneurship can impact an economy and so uh it looks very simple again you don't have to be a 
uh, like as talented as Michelle to, mm. <laughs> to do this. Um, mm. you, can, you can do this with simple shapes. So what this is, is their model of how an entrepreneurial ecosystem needs to work in order for it to be uh, healthy. And so they put the entrepreneurs, those are the individual actors in the middle, and then they mm. have four different parts uh, mm. that are included. And so, and that is wrapped around with the ecosystem or community mission, vision, mm. and what metrics they're measuring. And so mm. this, this is something that they use on the front page <clears throat> of their website. It's also something that they use to help um, economic developers understand entrepreneurship because this is mm. actually quite new how uh, economic entities are starting to work with entrepreneurs to figure mm. out what they need to improve. So that's something that he is. Um, this is an example that I created for a growth hacker and mm -hmm. um, they needed to explain how growth works across analytics, product and the brand and how the experimentation is the top bar that up upon these three pillars of the growth model, there's this mm -hmm. constant um, experimentation happening. Mm -hmm. And that over time, as you move through this, you help define market fit with quick learning through the iterative process. So like mm -hmm. if we're going back to what we're talking about, like how did I come up with this, this structure? It's like I looked at, she gave me a spreadsheet of everything she does, which is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but she needed to, she needed to present it to a group or to C-level executives, and she needed it to be a little short and sweet and give the high-level overview to allow some context. Um, and so this was sort of like that first introduction to growth for people. Mm -hmm. And then she can dive into the layers of her growth process. So um, yeah, and this is... Uh, this was used in a competition actually for a startup in the healthcare industry. They were creating a network and they had so many groups of people involved in their business. Model. And so this is something that we created to show how all of these entities, what the relationship was to one another. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> so, so like, this one that is very kind of monochromatic. It doesn't use much color. Is no, there a reason for that? Um, they had color in other areas of their presentation. And so this was mostly like this sort of, um, as, as they presented this, they would mm -hmm. have um, faded one um, entity or layer in at a time. So like the four circles would have came in first. Like these are the mm -hmm. four groups of people were working in the market. So they not only had a double market, but they had like four sides of the market that they had to recruit. So mm -hmm. those would fade in first. Mm -hmm. And the um, AHAC, which is uh, in the USA, they're like rural care networks, mm -hmm. would be in the middle because that's who connects all four sides of this market. Mm -hmm. and, Fantastic. Um, and there is yeah, a really and, little chain symbol. Yes, the chain symbol, was how, that was like where their platform was connecting people. Mm -hmm. So Fantastic. it was... It was connecting the career, um, the people looking for new career medical professions and the communities that needed healthcare providers. And then mm -hmm. one of the other main things it did was like connect students to education and training. And so that was a part of their main mission. And so like as each part is faded in, they, they talked about each piece of it. Um, I think that like their desire, like we talked through it and their desire to make it a little more monochromatic was that because there's not one element of this that's more important than the other. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so Fantastic. they all have to work together and it was more about the sequencing of how things are connected. Excellent. Now I've got a question that uh, we uh, received via email uh, and uh, I'm going to answer, we're going to try to answer all your questions, bear with us and uh, still if you've got comments you're more than welcome to join us live. Show me that little little screen again because well, it's quite a big screen, it's uh, kind of uh, eye intensive, I have to enlarge it to see what's, uh, what's there. There was another visual that you showed the process oh, sure. and um, there was uh, quite a lot of movement going on. 
<laughs> sure. Um, is this the one you're talking about? Mm. Or so this one is actually uh, a software. It's a um, something similar to like a Typeform or a Qualtrics. So it's a space software. Um, and their unique piece of it was their scheduling and how the softwares would be repeated over time to collect uh, analysis over time in mm. the HR se sector. So um, this we did, uh, and I should have, probably should have animated these in because that's how I would present these, but like it animated in first, they're defining their key metrics, then they're choosing their schedule and then they choose their questions and then it moves to the automated emails. And that part is a very linear process. So it's just happening online. Um, mm -hmm. But then once they get to the automated emails, that's the cycle. And so it starts to be in this cycle where they're collecting feedback, they're achieving real-time results. And if that program of, of surveying is still running, it just continues to loop there. However, once they have enough data, it moves up into analyzed results. Mm -hmm. um, and then they create an action plan. And if, if they feel like they don't have the right metrics, they might go back to defining key metrics or doing a new, um, maybe they need new insight. So they might go back to the beginning of the process. Um, or if it feels like they're on the right track, but then you just need more data, they kind of loop back around to collecting feedback and achieving real-time results. And so then the idea of this is that over time, it would actually increase employee engagement because they're learning things about what their employees are thinking and feeling within their business. Mm. Mm. And, and so they know what the structure is, looks like, right? Who's doing what and uh, at what time and what uh, when they are cr critical in the process. Yeah, and so this visual was actually used to train salespeople. Um, it could have been used in uh, customer pitches as well, but the reason they hired me for it was um, it was a consulting company who had acquired a software product. And so they, the salespeople weren't used to selling this product and didn't really understand like what it did, what the benefits were. And so we mm -hmm. created this visual and they had, um, they had sales uh, teams in five different countries. Um, mm -hmm. And so they needed something that kind of transcended the language barrier as well. And so mm -hmm. they, the visual allowed them to like very simply under, uh, explain, this is how software works. And that's why um, the increased employee engagement is what you're selling, but this is how mm -hmm. you, you can achieve that. And so mm -hmm. that's sort of like, I remember sending you that um, description where it's like everyone, uh, many people have watched the talk by Simon Sinek about starting with why. But yes. this this is sort of that next step of like if you say I can help you increase employee engagement with my software and if your if your prospective customer says how you can pull out a visual thinking model and say this is exactly how I can achieve mm. what I'm telling you that I can achieve. Mm. Yeah. And so exactly. that's what, yeah, so that's mm -hmm. like one of the areas we would use it in business. Um, and so, this is like a more mm -hmm. complicated version of that for another company. So. Mm -hmm. Fantastic! Oh, that's yeah. uh, that's uh, so. Uh, in other words, um, if we yes, if we if we look at that, it's um, it's a great tool for using when you're working remote with remote te teams, right? Yeah. Excuse and me, I, I think um, majority of us are working now remotely, <laughs> so the communication is somehow disrupted. So. Uh, how um, how does does it uh, apply to business and startups nowadays? Yeah, I think that um, it can be particularly relevant if we're trying to cross communication barriers. Um, if we're no longer in the room with our team members, or we're no longer in the room with our uh, our prospective customers, um, we need extra tools in our toolbox to sell or to communicate or to even to create understanding um, like brand awareness about what you do and what your mission is. And mm. so this could be a tool for you to help explain your message in a way that um, uh, maybe you don't have access to doing in person right now. Yes, exactly. So um, 
now, question from uh, from uh, the audience that I received via email is: What is visual thinking versus design thinking? I'm confused with all these buzzwords. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> always. There's always a new type of thinking to think of uh, to like get your hand on. Is it agile or or um, design thinking? Or there's so many different processes of innovation. I wouldn't say that this replaces design thinking. In fact, when I got started in in learning this skill set, I actually worked with innovation designers who were trained by IDEO. Um, who coined the term design thinking. I would say this is more of a tool set um, that can help you explain what you have learned through design thinking. Um, design thinking, uh, just for creating a baseline, is considered to be human-centered design. And so they have all kinds of tools. Um, and if you go to IDEO, I -D -E -O, um, you can see like, a list of tools that they've developed for each phase in their process of design thinking. And um, and so this is more like where I started to learn the skill is I was working with these design thinkers who were doing innovation in senior healthcare actually. Mm -hmm. And they would have all of these uh, research learnings. Uh, they would have their alpha and beta and all of their studies uh, and they would need to explain everything they've learned, <laughs> everything they've researched, and where were they planning to go, very simply to their organization, um, to potential partners to help bring the innovations to life. So um, it didn't really replace design art and thinking at all. If anything, it was just a communication tool to communicate what we learned mm. in the process of innovation. Right. So, so uh, yeah. it's time to go to another um, another uh, how to call it buzzword, which is pitch deck. So we've got a question <laughs> for, for Olga again, and she's asking, "How do you use uh, visual thinking in pitch decks?" And uh, maybe we can start with uh, what is a pitch deck? Yeah. Um, um... So I've, I've helped with uh, quite a few pitch decks and one of the main, so I would say the area that can benefit the most in pitch decks is the business model with visual thinking. Your bullet point with how, um, how everything is going to, the relationship of how everything is going to work together. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one area, definitely. The second area I would say is your market data. So if you just use the process of like, thinking through like what information you have from the market and what message you want to um, convey to your potential investors. Uh, use the process of visual thinking of answering those who, what, why, and how, and those sort of questions so that your data models in market research uh, tell a really compelling story. And um, mm. like a few little, few little tips is like if you're using some sort of data software or even like a spreadsheet like google sheets or Excel, one things that sort of like from a design standpoint always missing from those is very clear labels <laughs> to explain the different parts of your data visual so make sure that your labels are easily legible you don't want people from the back squinting at your pitch deck like what does that market data actually say um mm. Of course, like a good pitch deck is what well, 10 to 12 slides um, typically. And so if you look at every single slide that you have on your pitch deck and say, ask the question, like I'm putting on this pitch deck, um, how I tell a more compelling story that doesn't repeat what I'm going to say in person, but mm -hmm. it supports it stronger so that it's easier to remember that um, it's good for every slide, but like I said, the market data and the business model, most beneficial. <laughs> mm. Great. So um, how did you, uh, because you're a, a business person, you, uh, you're a serial entrepreneur, I, if I may say so, and uh, you've had a couple of uh, businesses you've been working with, so a vast experience and uh, 
and tremendous knowledge. How did you apply that? So if you could give us examples of your businesses and uh, how, how it helped you create uh, your business. Yeah, so I mean, the most meta <laughs> example I could give was even as I was trying to figure out how to package and sell this skill, um, while visual thinking is becoming a well-known term, we all know the term visual learners, it's one step off of that. Still, a lot of people didn't necessarily understand what it was. Um, and so I had to sort of put my own business or my own set of services through this process of how do I explain what it is I do. Um, and so there have been times where I like create a little visual that explains um, like how I work and uh, just what it means to use mm -hmm. visual thinking mm -hmm. in your business. Um, so there, that's one. If you if you could even give us an example, because I've heard you are now working on some artisan product project in Morocco. Oh yeah, yeah. So I don't have like a pitch deck for that entirely yet, just because um, we're still in the creation phase. But I can explain like what I plan to do. So um, we the reason we were in Morocco during these times where like we arrived in February to. Um, complete the rest of our, or full um, fashion labels spring line. And um, once we have this done, then it's time to, once we have the products and we know we have products we want to sell, then it's time for us to make the entire business model. We'll know our costs, we'll know um, like our general market based on the cost, like what market we need to target towards. And so instead of only writing out a business plan, I, I plan to create visuals for each piece of the business plan. So that way when, when I go to pitch, like for example, in the pitch deck, if I go to for any funding, like seed investment or anything, I can actually show um, a visual for how the business model will work. Um, mm -hmm. And one of, the, one of the things that we want to do is uh, we don't want to just do like a fashion label, of course, we want to give back to the communities we're in, we're thinking about ways that that can happen. And so we'll show um, how the revenue generated from the fashion level uh, label will actually feed into the other efforts we want to do in the communities that we work with. And so like mm -hmm. showing the relationship and the process is something I plan to do there. Um, mm -hmm. Does that answer your question? I think so. I'm, I'm actually fascinated because uh, now it's in this world of uncertainty, uh, it's, it's, uh, I think many businesses had to pivot and uh, knowing, um, I actually heard a story of uh, recently, um, one, in, one of the uh, investors um, decided to pull out uh, from the investing and I wonder how is it going to impact your business or your plan of, of going to investors with your pitch deck? Did you have to yeah. pivot? Uh, we will probably, we're kind of still figuring that out. Um, we're a US-based company, so a lot of the US economic plans are just starting to come out or become approved. Uh, we were also in the process of moving right before we did this trip. So mm -hmm. we also have to look at um, the new state we plan to move to and what their economic packages look like. But um, mm -hmm. I know one, one thing where we're beneficial at is we don't need money in the next six to eight weeks. And so mm -hmm. um, what we have is six to eight weeks to understand the market, um, understand what sort of economic stimulus packages are going to be out in the world. Um, and I know that through any uh, recession or this is like a very unique case, this isn't a recession because of the market. This is an absolute recession because there's no demand right now for many things. And so I, I think part of that is, is like we have a lot of open-ended questions. So what we're doing is the process of collecting information um, and listening to what the market is saying. <laughs> and right. as we as we do that, we'll be researching 
Um, what opportunities are there? Like grants, it is a women-owned company. So we're going to look and see if there are any um, any grants available for women-owned companies uh, for coming, coming out of this. I think, um, I know it's a lot harder for people who have just received investment and the investors have their money already invested and now they have to continue to execute even in this on this like just uncertain market. And so I've even spoke to like colleagues who are um, working through this and they're completely reimagining again, like using imagination to like with these new limitations on the market, mm -hmm. we still do how can we still be relevant? And I think that's true for any business today. Absolutely. And if you are creating a new business, <laughs> I've also equally had a lot of entrepreneurial friends ping me and be like, hey, what do you think of this business idea? Because we're all at home and they're thinking of what they can do. Back to how you started this. Um, when people are, are bored, they actually inspired to create something. And so I think that's going, we're going to see that happen. Um, and I think the that's most important thing we can do in that uh -huh. is we're thinking of creating anything is to kind of pay it, pay attention <laughs> and yeah. like research and see what's out yeah. there. So you're, you're in other words, because uh, this is what really stri struck me when, when we first spoke, you were so calm everybody surrounding me were so you know oh my goodness what do we what do we do whereas you were so calm and you were like you know I, i've been working remotely for so many years there is no big difference it's only and i've got a terrace so it's joyous moments and uh, you actually are more productive because you're sitting in front of the computer and you're not distracted by many things and uh, so you're using your time wisely I love it. So now I think it's uh, time to wrap it up and check what is our lovely artist doing. Hello, Michelle. How are you? Oh, I, I try to keep it simple because I think it's really important. The message is anyone can do this. I mean, I just was literally scribbling away. So I started Great. with... <laughs> okay. Wow. Where are Fabulous. you, um, So there's Amy in the middle. <laughs> with her illustration. <laughs> um, um, let's see. Okay, this way. Yeah. Okay, I started going that way with the talk and any any I, clues that uh -huh. you were saying. You look there's your popcorn, Beata. I I love it. I just uh, love, I love so it. much and and the fact that we've got red lips and it definitely reflects uh, you know our yeah, smiles I and uh, <laughs> Fantastic. So we want you to succeed. This is the message that uh, we always repeat. This is not, uh, you know, a zero sum game. This is a time to reflect. This is a time to get back, back to yeah. basics. And and uh, Misha's paintings is uh, as available online. So you can follow her on Instagram. You can see all the feeds uh, that you can find her on Instagram, on Facebook, and also Amy um, is available uh, if you would like to connect with her. And um, so just to wrap it up, Amy, if you could just explain to us, uh, is there, so let's go back to the beginning. So you don't even need colors. You can start with doodling your ideas you can start what are the, what would be the the face basic tools you could use to visualize uh, your business or your idea or new concept i'm sorry you broke up for me just right at the end if you could repeat okay. that little no problem so the question is <laughs> what are the basic tools you need and how to start the visual thinking yeah, process just wrap it up yeah so the basics are you can start as low tech as you want <laughs> the basics are like if you have a pen and paper you can do this to um if nothing else to help you process information um the basic is i think being aware of the information around you 
and starting to collect that information and record it. You can write it down in your phone. You can write it down in a notebook. I keep one of these with me at all times. Um, and you can start there. If you want to push it for a presentation, you can use something like there's, there's uh, creative tools out there that are free, something like Canva. You can use Google Slides if that's what you have to you. It, it, that part, um, use what you have. If you have design skills, you can polish and polish. If not, you can just start with the, the simple um, construct of how do things relate to one another? How do I combine information in a way that is easy and simple to understand, sort of like the essence of your idea and you start at the top and then you peel back the layers of what you're trying to communicate. Fantastic. So there is lots of tools available online as well. Um, and uh, I hope we can post it later on in the comments. Uh, what would be the best way to start? Uh, we'll post some links later on. Amy can help with us. Um, uh, yeah. with us. And um, one final, I think, thought of today is, is to reconnect with your imagination, because I think uh, the current structure uh, is not allowing us to feel to, to think freely. So just to give an example, I remember my daughter was very upset because she painted a, a blue um, blue um, what was it oh, a red um, or, or some some color that was not in the color scheme of things so if your kid is painting uh, a red uh, sky or or blue sun let them think that way because i think there is also a, an inspiring story of one of the artists who was very talented, but somehow was not really succeeding at school. And it turned out the, the, the teacher said, oh, she's no use, she's not progressing. And then eventually parents went with that kid to the psychologist and psychologist said, just let her dance. And she's now working on the best scenes. She's now creator of, of many exciting um, shows, including um, cuts and uh, a musical. And, and that really strikes me as a great story to say that, you know, how many kids nowadays are dwindled into the mold of not creative thinking, of not using their imagination. Michelle, you've been in the education system, so maybe you could shed a light on this problem. Yes, you could say I've been in the education system for about 30 years. Um, yeah. I just, to, just to give you a little bit of background, Michelle has been also um, advisor of uh, Ministry of Education in Malta. She's very yes, modest. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm doing my fashion now. Um, so yes, at schools we are we are taught to stay within the lines, and entrepreneurship is exactly the opposite. You can't stay within the lines to, to innovate. I agree completely, Beata, with you. But we do teach kids: you have to stay in the lines, you have to conform, you have to do what is expected out of you. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you so much. And thank you very much for the audience the, who kept us alive. And thank you for your comments and for being part of the discussion. I hope we are going to join um, you again next week. I mean, all the audience, but you're more than welcome, Michelle and Amy, to join us again uh, next Wednesday at 11 o'clock. We've got another show planned. Positivity Hug delivered by Amy Goering, Michelle Gialanza, and me, uh, the founder of Woman On It, Beata Young. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful day and be creative. Thank you. <laughs>